everyone, and welcome to tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I am your co-host, Brian Bosard. As always, my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, 238 days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, 47 seconds away from the 2023 NFL Draft. Look, you're you're better than me. I was thinking 2022 in my head, and we've done that one already. So, almost, almost. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna happen at some point. But uh, no, happy to be here. Happy to have had a little taste of college football this past week. I still like it. Probably was much worse than I felt it was watching it. Um, it probably was not good college football, but I was just excited to have it back. So I was, you know, in this, you know, Nebraska Northwestern was fun at times, but. Uh, I had a good time. We I, we had a good time. We were chatting a little bit about it. And so it was nice to have college football back and get back into this. Just a mild sense of normalcy, if 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 nothing else. You know, we were provided with a little bit of, uh, of football and draft prospects to get into. We both had uh, our week zero prospect uh, recaps up come out on Tuesday, uh, three games each. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about week zero here in a minute. Uh, but we want to ask you, if you're watching live in the chat, go ahead and ask a question there. We'll answer at the end of the episode uh, or do the same thing on Twitter at Draft Countdown. Or you can go to our Discord channel and uh, and ask us a question there. and We will gladly answer it uh, at the end of the episode. We've already got th- about three questions in the old Discord tonight there, Shane. So uh, we'll, we'll uh, get to those a little bit later on. Uh, but we're going to start out tonight's show with uh, – the biggest news, I guess, and especially in regards to the 2022 draft, uh, cutdown day was today by, I think, 3 o'clock. Everybody had to be, have their rosters down to 53. And uh, there was some surprising cuts, I guess, uh, and maybe some not so surprising. Uh, anything generally stick out to you at all uh, with the cuts today and, and even yet so far as yesterday? Yeah, I mean, I think we've had a couple storylines, right? And I think one you're going to explore on the site a little bit, but um, probably, probably the biggest surprise was that Alex Leatherwood, uh, the first-round pick in 2021 for the Raiders, was cut. Obviously, that regime, Mike Mayock, John Gruden had the scandal, and, and Gruden's gone, Mayock's gone. But I mean, Alex Leatherwood was overdrafted for sure, but, you know, he – he, I, I had him as a top fifty player. Like I, I used to, I thought he was still a good player. The Bears signed him on waivers. Um, you know, offensive lineman from Alabama. Like you think, you think you'd make it more than a season. Um, I looked up the last time that it happened that a player was drafted in the first round and um, cut after his first season. Uh, I think it was nineteen ninety six. Washington Andre Johnson, offensive tackle. There, there are a couple – Demetrius Underwood was an extenuating circumstance in 99, was cut before his rookie season. But that was the first one I was going to cut after one season. Um, so it's been a long time since that's happened for, like, on-field reasons. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, – I'm going to write a little bit more in-depth about this. Uh, hopefully it's not the, – the horse is not beaten to death by then. But uh, the Raiders in that regime had five – sorry – Six first-round picks, none are with the team anymore. Yeah, that's I mean, it's wild. Oh, I'm sorry, will not be with the team after this season. I should say, okay, all right. and all, and Jacobs, all yeah. because they the all the uh, fifth-year options were declined on the uh, 2019 pick. So that's generally a bad sign uh, if that takes place. So that was Cleveland Farrell, 
who was the fourth overall pick, uh, Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Abram all had their options declined. Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett both waived for off-field incidents. Ruggs is, I believe, in jail. Or uh, I assume, or, or will yeah. be at some point. And uh, Alex Leatherwood, as you talked about, waived. Uh, they're not the only team that's bad at this. And I I'll, I'll might dive a little bit more once I start fleshing this out. But uh, the Vikings had three third-round picks in 2021. Kellen Mond, Chaz Surratt, and Wyatt Davis all gone. Uh, New England drafted two tight ends in the third round in 2020. Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene both cut. Uh, Asiasi was claimed by the Bengals today as they're in the middle of remaking their tight end room, it appears. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's they're not the only ones as bad as this. I think Bill Belichick gets a pass because he's won so much, but their drafting has not been great either, right? So, and like I said, I, I'm, 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 my plan is to dive a lot more into this uh, next week. So we shall see. Um, but, yeah, nothing really surprising as far as draft picks go. Um, a little sad that Kevin Harris got the, the boot in New England. But I'm assuming your man Pierre Strong uh, did not. He, he, he did make the roster. I'm sure Kevin Harris would be on the practice, the practice squad. squad. Yeah. yeah. So, which, you know, for that later of a pick. But yeah, Pierre Strong did make it. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, this year, I, I don't think there was any rookies, you know, first year players that was super surprising. A lot of those second year guys that did surprise me. Trey Sermon. I know he had a rough year last year, running back for the 49ers from Ohio state, but he was getting some buzz that he was moving back up the depth chart and then gets cut for undrafted rookie Jordan Mason from Georgia tech beat him out for a spot. So, you know, it's interesting to see. And we talked about this, this past draft was so big so deep that the, some of those undrafted late round guys are going to make teams over the third, fourth rounders from the year before. And that's exactly what happened because of the smaller draft class the year before. Yeah, we, we did have, we have talked about this. So yeah, not, not a surprise in that sense. It's like, we told you so, but, uh, no, but that was, I mean, it was just numbers, the numbers game, you know? Right. No, no doubt. Only 53 spots on each team. Um, so yeah, we'll 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 wrap that up uh, with the cuts. Uh, we mentioned earlier we did watch some games. Uh, three games for you, three games for me. Uh, like you said, not a whole lot of the talent was on display <laughs> in, in week zero. I guess the first question is: Do you think there will be any player? Oh no, that's not fair because you had Nebraska. <laughs> I question if I watched a player this past Saturday, that'll be drafted. I don't know if the answer to that question is yes. Anthony Orgy from Vanderbilt may be the only one that yeah. I watched this past week. You, uh, you cut the short end of the straw there on. on I, I did. Well, I watched uh, plenty of draftable players. You, you uh, did uh, from but, the Nebraska Northwestern game, but uh, who stood out to you North in North Carolina, games? North Carolina. Well, that's true too. Yeah. Number, yeah. Who stood out to you uh, in those games that you watched? Yeah, I mean, I think um, not to just head to the top, I guess, but like Peter Skaronsky, the offensive tackle from Northwestern, I think he's both of our top offensive tackles at, the, at this point. He's number one on both our boards. Uh, I mean, he, he had a lights out game against Nebraska. Uh, Northwestern was running the football mostly. I mean, uh, the former South Carolina quarterback, uh, uh, Ryan Olitsky, did decently, um, but 
you know, they were running the football behind Skaronsky. Uh He matched up against O'Shawn Mathis. O'Shane Mathis, we talked about. Uh, you mentioned you wanted to see that. That happened, but not much. They moved O'Shane Mathis to the other side pretty quickly early in the game, uh, which happens often in these games. Um, you know, Skronsky's interesting because he's he's not going to test well. He's not going to – and I if, if he keeps up this play, I don't think he'll even test. But um, – his arms are short, you know, I, I so I, I worry about the draft capital. Um, uh, the Phil Steele magazine had him at guard, not tackle. I think a lot of teams are going to, you know, take him off the board. But, I mean, he is so technically sound. His footwork is so good. And he's been starting since his very first game, like, in the Big Ten. I, I don't know. I, I, I just think he's lights out. I, and I think this game kind of solidified. So, I was like, oh, is he, like, legit or not? You know, sometimes we're going to have some guys up top that aren't. He impressed me for sure. Um, is he going to get the same treatment that Rashawn Slater got uh, when he came out of Northwestern? Because there was a lot of questions about whether he was a guard or would he be a tackle. And his arm measurements weren't, you know, all pro level either, but he's played like an all pro uh, tackle with the Chargers. So you think that's going to happen with Skaronsky? I think it's going to be the same thing. I think that. I'm going to have Skronsky higher on my board than he goes in the draft, but feel like, you know, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. But if he keeps playing like this, yeah, I think I'm going to have him higher than he'll go. And then he'll play much better than he was drafted. Like, you know, like, like what happened with, uh, you know, there. So I, I think it'll continue. Yeah. Uh, as far as I, like I said, there wasn't much in the way, uh, for me to go, I, I did mention Anthony Orji from Vanderbilt. The linebacker had a uh, fumble recovery for a touchdown. Ball just – he was right place, right time. Ball popped in his hands, runs back. Uh, was surprised that Vanderbilt, you know, dropped 60 <laughs> against Hawaii. You don't see that too often from the Commodores. Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know what that says about the Hawaii football program right now. It's adjust your betting accordingly, I guess. Um but yeah, he was easily probably the most talented player on the field that I saw. Uh, there was a linebacker from UConn. Um, I, I, I mentioned him in the column. His name is uh, escapes me at the moment, but he racked up 16 tackles. He had a good, very active player, but uh, not much yeah. of a uh, Byron Vaughn's. Uh, was that correct? No, that was Utah State. That was Utah State. Uh, uh, UConn. Uh, Jackson Mitchell. Jackson yeah. Mitchell, yes, yeah. there we go. Two two last right. names. Uh, yeah. that, he uh, had 16 tackles, uh, seven solos. Uh, he, he had a very – he was very active. But, again, I don't know how – There's he's not Travis Jones' level of reputation or even Ryan Vandemark uh, – levels of uh prospect i don't believe so not a whole lot there um we're gonna we're gonna have a couple of guests join us in a little bit but they're not here right now so we're going to start looking ahead to week one shane until they pop in um so we'll, we'll, we'll start here and then continue as we look to week one and there's games five consecutive days shane uh Neither one of us are watching the game on Labor Day, the Clemson-Georgia Tech game, but we are each watching uh, a game at least for the next four days. Starting tomorrow night at 6 p.m. on FS1, I will be watching Central Michigan and Oklahoma State. Uh, 
Oklahoma State quarterback Spencer Sanders. A little buzz out there about him. Uh, we'll, we'll see see him in action. Uh, but some definite buzz about a couple of Central Michigan players that are uh, very popular uh, with the Senior Bowl. And uh, Thomas Incum, the edge rusher, a uh, little buzz there for him. I, I think obviously Oklahoma State's going to win this game going away. I mean, they're they're a tough team. They have some good young players, but I'm interested in Central Michigan running back Lou Nichols. Um, had a heck of a season last year. Not the most athletic, like you know, but he has good size. He has some burst. I'm interested to see what you think of him and how he plays. He's gotten you know a little like early, day three, early day three kind of buzz. So could be an interesting running back prospect. Speaking of buzz, I imagine your hometown here, Shane, is all kinds of a buzz with the renewal of the Backyard Brawl, West Virginia at Pitt tomorrow night, ESPN, 6 p.m. And there's a lot of players watching this game. Um, A guy that you are familiar with that I am not overly, but uh, anxious to see how he performs this season, edge rusher, Habakkuk Baldonado. Oh, yeah, that was good. That was good. You nailed it, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Pretty good there. Uh, I think he's probably one of the top prospects in this game uh, for for Pitt. Uh, Carter Warren I am familiar with because we were watching him last year, and he had accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl and then uh, decided to go back to school. Uh, West Virginia, some some good players here, uh, including a guy we watched last year, a couple of guys we watched last year. Uh, defensive lineman Dante Steeles and uh, their guard Doug Nestor, and a couple of former Trojan quarterbacks going to duke it out here. Yeah. JT Daniels and uh, Keon Slovis uh, for Pitt. So a lot of a uh, lot of stories in this game, as, as they say. Yeah, I mean a rivalry rekindled, and it's it's basically like the Pitt defensive line. Uh, you mentioned Baldonado, but uh, Kalijah Cansey, their defensive tackle, undersized. Um, you know has. Uh, Pitt wants him to be like Aaron Donald, you know, this undersized pass rusher is really good. Um, Deslin Alexandra and uh, Dayon Hayes, like they have a rotation on the other side of the edge rusher. So it's interesting because West Virginia has a good offensive line. You mentioned Doug Nestor. I also really like their junior, Zach Frazier, who uh, started as a true freshman, had two really good years. So there's, uh, there's some good prospects in this game. It's, it's going to be one of the better backyard brawls, I think, in a while. I would be remiss if not also talking about Akron transfer wide receiver Kanata Monkfield. I've heard a lot of uh, a lot of good things about him as well. Yeah, he's going to take uh, the Jordan Addison role there for Pitts. We'll see what happens. All right, we're going to finish up the Thursday night games and then we'll uh, bring in one of our guests. But uh, 7 p.m. on Fox tomorrow night, I'll be watching Penn State at Purdue. Um, obviously, you're going to see a ton of prospects for Penn State here. Uh, including a guy who, just on principle, I'm probably not going to like, but uh, Joey Porter Jr., uh, the corner. Uh, l- looking forward to seeing him in action. And Adiza Isaac, I remember watching him a little bit last year, their edge rusher. Um, but for Purdue, I think just because I've, I want to see some of these quarterbacks, and Aiden O'Connell is a name that picking up a little steam as a potential – Late rising quarterback, you know, that we've had these senior quarterbacks that come in with very little buzz and end up being, you know, in the first round mix. Pickett last year, Burrow the year before, you know, guys like that. Not saying Aiden O'Connell is going to be either of those guys, but he fits that role, so to speak. 
he, he has a good arm. Like he is impressive to watch. And so when we're, and I, I have an article coming out um, here uh, this, the, you know, this week about basically what are the quarterbacks that can make that jump that could be first round picks. Uh, I kind of list them into some tiers and Aiden O'Connell's in there. Like he could be that Ascension player. He's a, it's a long shot. Uh, especially because Purdue, Purdue does not have the receivers they've had in the past. You know, Rondale Moore and David Bell are not walking through that door. So he's going to really have to put the team on his back. So they don't have a great defense either. Uh, whereas Penn State, I think, has a, new, a lot of draftable prospects uh, outside of Joey Porter. I'm not sure if they have players that are like the high-end, you know, first-round athletic guys that we've seen in the past. But, you know, I'm interested in Juice Scruggs, their center, um, Parker Washington, the receiver there I like. They got West Western Kentucky transfer Mitchell Kinsley receiver as well. So, you know, there's some interesting players, and, and this they're actually evenly matched teams. I think this will be a good game. Heard a lot of chatter about Iowa transfer at wide receiver Charlie Jones for Purdue. Yeah, so it, it's interesting because I, I don't know how this is going to shake down. Like, he's gotten some buzz as an outside receiver, um, Tyrone Tracy, and a receiver that's been there, I, I think, I think it's been there for a bit. I, could be wrong. I may have missed it. You know, him transferring in is very possible. Um, so like it could be, it could kind of be this, this more committee approach that we've seen than we've seen in the past. So we'll see. That we will. Well, Shane, we've got some people we got to get on here and let's, let's, you want to bring them both in? Yeah. 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 Let's, 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 let's do let's it. The whole, whole let's, team here. Yeah. Hello. Hello. What's everyone. happening? So, Shane, take it away. Uh, yeah. So, so we we announced it last week on the podcast. We have two new writers joining us this year at Draft Countdown, and they are both uh, below me and Brian here. We have uh, Brad Menendez. I've known Brad for a while. Uh, he's he's worked over at Roto Heat. We'll talk about his history a bit. He's going to be focusing on the NFL draft. And then we have Miranda Wilhelm, and uh, she's an excellent writer and going to be focusing on the NFL every Sunday and writing about that. So I'm excited to you know have you two on board, have two people that are so knowledgeable about football. And thank you both for coming on and uh, joining us to introduce yourself to to, to the to the masses so yeah. uh, brad why, brad why don't you start give me kind of your your background and then and then miranda you can do the same and then we'll uh we'll hit you with some questions here well to start welcome i am thankful that you guys allowed me to take partake in this uh wonderful journey at draft countdown because it's gonna be a blast uh you know uh, i'm a lions fan so the draft is a big deal for us because that's the only time we get some wins so it's uh <laughs> you know i mean that's just it's our super bowl so uh no it's you know i've been doing uh, primarily fantasy content for you know the last four years with Brodo Heat, but definitely love the draft. I mean, obviously, we've done some very extremely deep Devi leagues together. Uh, the pinnacle of Devi is, is where we got our, you know, our, our foray into high school football. So we, uh, we definitely spend a lot of quality time looking way too far down uh, the road. So this is a perfect fit for me. You know, I enjoy looking ahead and, and trying to figure out you know, where the hidden gems are. And you'll see that in some of the, you know, for those of you that are, that are watching, you'll see that in some of the articles I come up with, you know, talking about Fresno state and talking about just kind of these lower players that should be draftable, but could 
not be could yeah i mean it's because that's kind of the the thing that i find the most joy in is figuring out where those gems are the you know the the malcolm rodriguez's of the world that get drafted in the sixth round and become you know potential starters on their teams or you know players that just kind of outkick the coverage and so that's exciting to me um history wise i mean i've been doing i've been doing fantasy football for 20 years easily at this point now that probably shows my age maybe a little too much but uh, i've been following football for forever you know i played a lot and had potential to go to college. Uh, I had multiple scholarship opportunities when I was in high school, but then blew out knees, which it is what it is. And then so ever since then, I've just been an avid follower and then been trying to find a way to get into it. And this is one of those opportunities where I can just write about the thing I love. So I do appreciate you guys having me on and making me a part of the team. And hopefully I return good on the investment. Yeah, we're, we're excited to have you. So thanks. Uh, Brad, Miranda, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your history and what you've done and, and introduce yourself yeah. to the, the world here. So same kind of thing as Brad mentioned, although Brad, I don't know if you heard that I'm a Packers fan. I, I, did, <laughs> I, I won't did hold it against little, you. <laughs> I got a little heads up uh, a couple of weeks ago from Shane, so that'll be fun. It's been a lot of fun to watch the Hard Knocks, not going to lie. Um, lifelong sports fan, football's kind of always been top for me um same thing i mean i've played fantasy football since high school i think just just my life i don't know and then i went to college at virginia tech and i majored in mass communication so love writing i've always loved writing and kind of like you were saying brad like you know this is what i love to write about more than anything so it's just such a natural fit and i've been writing for four years for another site called sports is told by a girl. And so this is just another, you know, progression for me, which is so exciting. And I thank you guys for bringing me on. It's awesome. You know, I, I, we're so super glad to have you both. And uh, it's, it's real, it's really funny. Y'all are the NFC North rivals there and myself and Shane are the AFC yes. North <laughs> rivals here. So, I mean, it's, it's a, not much of a rivalry. They just come to our house and take our lunch money every week. So it's, I mean, it's, I mean, we're in the same division, but you know, it's, we get beat a lot. Well, if you look at the overall record wise, I guess that's the same thing applies here, but you know, See if the tide's changing here. We'll, we'll see if that yeah. happens soon enough. <laughs> Once Aaron bit. leaves, we might get a chance, but not, Nine, not this yeah, year. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. But uh, so yeah, let's 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 get into it. I, I want to ask you guys the couple uh, each each of you kind of quick question on uh, you know on some of your kind of topic of expertise. Miranda, we actually have a question from our Discord uh, okay. about the NFL. So I'm I'm gonna start with you. And this one's from a uh, buddy of mine, Austin. He's a Panthers fan. So um, he kind of wants to know, kind of give me your outlook on um, the Panthers this year. It's kind of an interesting year for them, what you think they're going to do. Uh, I know you're coming out with kind of a prediction article pretty soon yeah. for the site. Um, and then, you know, and then I'll, uh, I'll turn to Brad to maybe give some, some draft, potential draft analysis for the Panthers, what they might look for in the future. Yeah. Um, look, a couple years ago, I remember writing an article about the Panthers in particular, really when I think it was when Matt Rule started or right the season, the summer right before he was starting um, his first head coaching job there. And I was pretty high on them. 
and on Matt Rule, and things were kind of looking up. And look, Baker Mayfield's great. I, I don't think he, I don't think anyone thinks that he can't lead a team, but I think there's going to be some growing pains for the Panthers. I don't, I don't think it's going to be a dismal season, but I just don't think it's going to be their year this year. They're, they're an interesting team though. Like you, I think they finally have their quarterback figured out because Baker's better than people make him out to be. I agree. Look at last year. He played with the shoulder injury and still, you know, took that team further than anybody else. Jacoby Brissett won't take them that far. That's for sure. Even with a good defense, uh, the Browns are in trouble. So I'm with you. I think you, I think that's smart. They could struggle for sure. And I think they still need to address the areas of need in the draft that they've always needed to address offensive line. Mm -hmm. And I could see them needing some linebacker help, you know, depending on where they pick, they're probably not getting some of the higher end pieces, you know, so I would expect maybe they get Raymond from Oklahoma. Maybe they go with Jared Patterson if they're looking for a center. I mean, when you look at their offensive line, Ike Mogwani was a great choice. They needed to shore up a tackle. Hope he's a left tackle. I mean, when you watch him play, that's the, I think that's always been everyone's concern is, can he really hold down the left side? But for me, I, I, I like where they've built their defense. I like the outside pieces on the secondary. I like some of the, you know, Brian Burns is an elite edge rusher. I mean, they could stand to get him somebody more than Derek Brown. I was never a Yatur Gross, Gross Matos fan, so I'm not sure if he's really going to develop, but maybe. I mean, with Brian Burns on the other side, he has no reason not to, right? So if, if, if I was putting the money on the table and telling Matt Rule who to go after, give me an offensive lineman, give me a Mike linebacker, probably are the two choices because Shaq Thompson's really the only elite linebacker they have, and he's getting up there in age now. So what about you guys, Shane? Brian, what are you guys thinking about the, the, the Panthers well, this year? As, as living in Mobile, Alabama, I see my share of Auburn fans around here, and I have told them to go ahead and get ready for new head coach Matt Rule sometime in January. <laughs> the funny thing is he's such a promising coach, and then all of a sudden it seems like it just hasn't clicked somewhere, and uh-huh. he's kind of fumbled to try to figure it out. Like, oh, let's yeah. go get Sam Darnold. Let's go get Baker. Let's... Mm-hmm. I just think uh, this team needed a little more time than they're going to give him. I just feel like he's more a college coach than he is. I think his style more lends itself to building a program and you have much more resources to be able to do that in college than, than he has in the NFL. So I, I don't know, maybe it works out for him this year, but I anticipate him being on the job market there. And I joke, maybe it is Auburn. Maybe it's a team in the big 10, 12, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, Let's hope not. I, I, he was a good college coach. Maybe Nebraska. That. Oh, Ooh, I, yeah. I hear they'll be looking for a new coach here pretty soon. I mean, <laughs> if you watched last week, I'm surprised they let Frost come back from Ireland. I am too. Like, you know what you say that? His buyout drops October the 1st from 12 and a half to seven and a half million. Oh. He should probably just keep saving his money because he's going to be out of a job <laughs> soon. I mean, that was a pretty, I mean, that wasn't an Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl esque failure, but it was pretty close. I mean, they were moving the ball well, and Casey Thompson looked yeah. legitimate as a yeah. quarterback, and then all of a sudden they went. Mm-hmm. So, Shane, what about you? What I haven't heard anything on the Panthers from you. Look, so what look, do you think about I, this team? I, I, no, like I'm, I'm, pos- I'm a little more positive on the Panthers. I do. I think the offense will be decent uh, if Christian McCaffrey stays healthy. You know, I, th- I think DJ Moore is excellent. I think he's underrated too. Um, 
you know, so it's got to be better. I mean, it's the best quarterback that they've had in a while. And, mm-hmm. and I think the defense has some promising personnel that, you know, they hit some injuries last year. And the division's not the worst. Like, you know, uh, the Saints, we'll see how they are. They, I think they could yeah. be still be solid. But the Falcons are probably going to be, you know, pretty bad in yeah. rebuilding. And even the Buccaneers, I mean, they've had how many offensive line injuries? Oh, my gosh. They're getting decimated. It could be that team this year, like the Ravens for last year, just like, you know, lose a ton of players and who knows. So, I don't know. I, do I think the Panthers are going to get like 10 wins? Probably not. But and Matt Rowe probably still gets fired if they don't make the playoffs. But uh, I, I don't know. I'm a little, a little more bullish on the Panthers and what they could be. That usually doesn't end well when I feel that way, though. So. <laughs> Well, and, and and to the point to that point, I mean, with them expanding the playoff, I mean, there is a chance for somebody to slide in with a yeah. with a worse record. So maybe they do. I mean, I don't see them as a playoff team, but I like Baker enough that if they made it, I wouldn't be surprised, right? Yeah. That offensive line, I still think, is probably holding them back the most, though. No matter what yeah. they did to it, they still need at least two more linemen. That's fair. Um. So let, let's uh let, let's. Let's do let's do some some Super Bowl predictions. I don't I think we need that. Uh, what what? So I I made mine uh er, you know early I do like late July on Twitter and usually usually it turn out pretty awful. Um, but uh, I gotta remember I, I in the AFC I think my AFC championship was the Ravens against the Broncos, which is a little unique. Uh, okay. but I, I do I do like the Broncos and Russell Wilson this year, and I still think the Ravens are. Lamar Jackson contract here. I'm 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 all in. I'm pushing them yeah. to, you know, to go to the Super Bowl potentially. Uh, I think I have them winning the Super Bowl, but um, and then NFC wise, um, like NFC's tough because there's just not a ton of teams that I feel super confident about this yeah. year. So like it may, it may it just makes it really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think I put the Cardinals in the Super Bowl, which is probably a mistake, um, but. Uh, you know, I, was, I went a little different. I think it's fun to be a little bit different. And last year we saw we saw two new teams, yeah. Ryan happily <laughs> having the Bengals make it. So who knows? But so cool. uh, but yeah, Miranda, go for it. Why don't, why don't you kick us off? What uh, Super Bowl Super prediction? Bowl? Yeah, what do you think? I'm going to go a little off the wall on one hand. Like you kind of touched on it. The NFC is just, to me, a crapshoot. Um and obviously I say that as my team is in the NFC, I just don't have a ton of faith in us and any sort of playoff capacity anymore. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Buffalo and the AFC. I think they're just so close. Um, and I'm going to go Philadelphia. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time, even today, Chauncey, Gar- I mean, we just see they're, they're picking up the right people. I think Jalen Hurts is moving in the right direction. First and foremost, how dare you pick the team I was going to pick in the NFC? (laughs) Well, they have – so look at it. They have the best offensive line, easily one of the best Mm -hmm. offensive lines of football, and then one of the best defensive lines of football. Then they added Jordan Davis to the interior. I mean, even if you have him as a rotational guy, I mean, that wreaks havoc on an offensive line. And think about December, Philadelphia, crappy weather. Then you Mm -hmm. get to the playoffs. I mean, if they're facing a team in the snow or in crappy weather, I mean, that just – that's just hard to beat the trenches against Philly. I mean, I'm I'm yeah. with you. I was thinking Buffalo and Philly, but now I got to go crazy and I'll go Detroit. <laughs> well, look, if you both getting... pick Philly oh, and they cool. make it, it just looks good. We're on the good. same page. Yeah, it just looks I, really good. The Cardinals would have been the other team that I'm like, okay, 
they have enough weird things they can do on mm-hmm. offense to really mess with people. I know that we we saw what they were last playoffs. I think they'll get better because Kyler can develop some more. They added some pieces, but I like. I don't like them enough to say they're they're Super Bowl contenders, but that would be the other team where I'm like, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me because health. They lose DeAndre Hopkins for six games, but then he comes back and he's going to be on fire. I mean, he's going to want to show people that he shouldn't have been suspended, so he'll have a chip on his mm-hmm. shoulder. I mean, so but but it's hard to root against Buffalo making it as much as I know I could make the case that you know you could see the Ravens or the Bengals or yeah. any of these other teams that got better. I mean, Buffalo, it feels like they're ready and they keep. Mm-hmm. I mean, they keep knocking on the door, right? So yeah. No, I agree. I'm so glad you mentioned Arizona, both of you, because that's actually one of my pr- predicted division winners. And it was a little tough to go against, you know, the Rams, but I, I do think they have something to prove. I think Kyler's got a big chip on his shoulder, especially after all this drama. And then he signed his big contract and I think they've added some important pieces and I'm excited to watch them. I, I'm concerned about the Rams, though. I mean, you're already here, and they're thinking, you know, they're concerned about Stafford's elbow and the arm, and and it's not like he didn't get hurt a lot in Detroit. I mean, it would not surprise me if they regressed just because yeah. the team's got a lot of questions. I mean, Aaron Donald yeah. came back, but is his heart really fully in it because he was already planning to retire? Uh-huh. I mean, you could make the story. I mean, and that for me, that's the thing I love about the sport is you can build the story that team X makes it or team X fails because of whatever this thing is. And, you know, the Rams have enough around them that made me go, well, they might not make it. I mean, and think about the division they're in the 49ers. I mean, they got questions at quarterback, but they got better on defense. They added some pieces. Um, We know that Seattle is going to be a bit of a cakewalk with that. Yeah. Crazy stuff. They got going on a quarterback. And then, you you know, not a Geno Smith fan. I mean, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) He takes a good punch. That's the about he was, what I know. Look, yeah. he was my number one quarterback the year he came out. So you know, I was uh, still hoping. I'm still hoping, Brian. I'm still hoping. And that's well. And the funny thing about him is, it's the reason. It's like he failed upwards. Like he's always been a backup. Hasn't looked like a good starter when he's gotten time. And then last year he looked okay. He didn't lose them games. He won them one. Right. Like he was like one and three. I think when he was in. And his numbers when you compare him to Russell Wilson over the season weren't <laughs> terrible. It's like okay, well. Failing upwards doesn't mean you've succeeded. It just means you got lucky. I mean, Drew Locke makes everyone look better, right? That's fair. Facts. Mm-hmm. Brian, you have a Super Bowl prediction that doesn't involve I, the Bengals? I assume Mike Glennon's <laughs> now out of the league, right? So that means Geno Smith's the only quarterback survivor left from 2013. <laughs> Don't say that. Somewhere Mike Glennon's getting a workout, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and as far as Arizona goes, I cannot – cannot put any faith in Cliff Kingsbury at all. That's fair. That can't, is fair. can't do it. That's Just can't fair. do it. Now, AFC, I'm going with Buffalo. I, I think top to bottom, they're the best team in the AFC ahead of Kansas City. I, I just – I think the Bengals are going to – could be worse with a much better team <laughs> than they had a year ago. Just based off the schedule they have to play. Yeah. And, and and such as that. Uh, for the NFC, I'm going to go with Miranda's team. <gasps> I love Aaron Rodgers to the to my core and soul, and I can't I, I can't quit him in fantasy, even though everything tells me to do it. I know, and I just think that this is it. I think he's going. This is his last year. I think him and Brady both leave at the end of the season. Uh, I think Rodgers leaves for the Super Bowl. 
or at least in the Super Bowl. Well, we'll see. I have chills. <laughs> I mean, really, the only question for them is the NFC is trash. Well, it <laughs> is basically they, what I'm saying. Can they survive yeah. offensive line injuries? And then what right. is going on at wide receiver? Right. Uh, exactly. Okay. No, I agree. Their top two receivers are just in the backfield, Naren Jones and AJ Dillon. That's all you. Oh, know. I mean, that's what they're going to have to do. And My then our fantasy defense... teams appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think this will be the best defense Aaron's ever seen. So that certainly doesn't hurt. Takes a little pressure off of him, at least. But yeah, obviously the whole weapons aspect downfield is a little questionable. But I feel like he just—he's a magician, man. He gets it done. He figures out. It's, that man has single-handedly got Alan Lazard getting drafted, what, yeah. in rounds five or six in fantasy right. drafts right now? Oh, yeah. but wouldn't Would it surprise you at the end of the year if he's their, their top receiver, like yes. when it comes to yardage? <laughs> yes. Well, who, I mean, what what uh, what can we expect? I mean, Aaron's going to want people he can trust on the field. Oh, and yeah. Rookie receivers mm-hmm. will forget their routes. They will mess yeah. up things, and that'll drive him nuts. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do? You're going to look at your veterans, and it's not yeah. Randall Cobb. I mean, no. Sammy Watkins will give you a good week one, and then after that, it'll be out for a while. So, yeah, right. Like, I mean, I, I don't. Don't get me wrong. I'm not an Al Lazard fan, and I'm. I haven't drafted him anywhere. I don't think I've roster him anywhere in fantasy. But I mean, veteran quarterbacks want guys that are going to do what they know mm-hmm. they need to do when they need to do it. And yeah, I don't know if Lazard can, but I mean, I hope so. <laughs> I would love. I would love it if Romeo Dobbs or somebody else oh, kind of stepped up. It'd and be fun. Yeah. That makes for entertaining football because it's a yeah. good story. Or Christian Watson, pitch. right, Shane? I'm, 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 I'm still holding out hope. The injury. Well, uh, still an MVS's role a little bit, maybe. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Well, I guess the biggest thing for me is how quickly can they pick up his cadence, the nuances of the, right. the position, the routes. I mean, when you come mm-hmm. to those smaller schools, you just don't have the same route package, right? Like, yeah. they, I mean, you do a lot of goes, a lot of slants, things like that. But that's my only concern is how quickly can these rookies do what Aaron yeah. needs them to do? I agree. I mean, and, and they'll have plenty of easy competition. I mean, Chicago's secondary is decimated. Detroit's secondary is okay, but not great. Minnesota's secondary is not great. I mean, yeah. they'll get lots of easy competition, but then when they get to the tough ones, what does that look like? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean they got better by letting Kevin King go, at least. That makes oh, them, my makes gosh. He is worse than a traffic cone. It is so embarrassing. I'm so glad he's gone. Sorry, yeah. Kevin King. You're out there somewhere. Yeah, that was, uh-huh. a, that was a tough one. Not Quick good. question from the Discord from Dwayne L. A uh, little early, but any anybody other than me uh, planning to make the trip to uh, Mobile for the Senior Bowl? As I live here, so I will obviously oh, be making the trip three miles down the road. But uh, I, I, Shane, I presume you're out. But uh, either one of you two ever make the pilgrimage down here? No. I, I would love to. I thought about yeah. it last year, but I was like, man, on my own dime and taking vacation from work and all that, it was, it was <laughs> right. hard. But, you know, hey, with a with a career on draftcountdown.com, yep. I got him. Try to we'll make get it you the right. media pass. Brian, Brian yeah. has a couch somewhere, you know? Yeah, I have it. no, I love Alabama. I would have no problem coming down. And yeah, either of you can go. But Mobile is is a really nice city. The food is great. Uh, it, cool. it, it's fun. So if either of you go, you, sh- you should you should try. Yeah, we, we, we've talked about it, and we've had uh, we had Jim Nagy, the executive director, on the podcast last year, uh, awesome. talking up the game a little bit, and it's uh, it is probably uh, definitely of the All Star Circuit. It is the most fan friendly uh, one because Aww. the practices are free to get into, 
And uh, the game, I mean, now it's it's at a new stadium. It's at South Alabama's uh, new stadium, Hancock mm-hmm. Whitney, and twenty five thousand. Very not a bad seat in the house. And it's oh. just like I said, it's the food here. You can't get it in Wisconsin or anywhere else. It's barbecue, Shane. It's seafood. Tell them about it, Shane. Yeah, the yeah. seafood, I mean, man. See, the, the seafood is, and I, I like. My, my wife's allergic to shellfish, so I don't get seafood much. So uh, in Mobile, I was I was all over that. It was phenomenal. Yeah, the barbecue's great. So it, it is worth making the trip down there. Uh, I will be back someday. Unfortunately, as a high school teacher, midterms hit ah, right yep. right there. It's always a bad time for me I, that I can't take off. But uh, soon enough, soon enough, I will find my way back for sure. So there you go. Uh, Shane, any final questions? No, look, I, I just want to reiterate that we are excited to have both of you. Uh, you both are phenomenally talented, smart football people. Uh, I know the readers out there are going to be, you know, eating up what you're putting out. And uh, it, it seems like it's going to be unique and fun. And um, yeah, they're probably sick of reading Brian and I, to be honest with you. So, I, <laughs> so, so I, I'm, I'm excited to have you both on board. And uh, thank you. You know, thanks. Thanks for joining. Thanks for coming on. And um, yeah, we're, we're really happy to see, see what happens from here. So and football's back. Yes. Yes. Tomorrow night and we get some, we get some ball. Let's go. I'm a better person. (laughs) It feels better. You just feel feel if you'd wear a different color, you'd probably be a better person. (laughs) Ouch. Yes. We will definitely have both of you on back on the podcast uh, at various points during the season. And we'll, uh, we'll touch base, uh, NFL, college football, fantasy. We'll, we'll get it all. And, guys, again, thanks for coming on tonight, taking your time, and uh, can't wait to uh, to read your stuff as it goes up on Draft yeah. Countdown. Uh, Brad, your first one hits tomorrow. We're going we're gonna to talk go. a little bit about Jake Hayner, the uh, six-year quarterback from Fresno State. And, Miranda, your uh, NFL predictions column going to hit Sunday. So, uh, yep. pumped up for that. And I uh, can't really – again, thanks, thanks, guys, for coming on. Thank yeah. you all. Pleasure yeah, is mine. Thank you. Yeah. And both Brad and Miranda are in the Discord too. If you want to join, you can uh, you can chat them up on there as well, as well as us. If you want to ask us questions and hang out, so. Um, but also, I'm excited. I'm excited to expand the team and get some some people. Brad and Miranda both are like good people too, so it's, it's going to be cool. Yeah, and uh, there's the link for the Discord there. I also dropped it into the uh, into the chat there. If uh, if you're watching and need to know how to join it, uh, Shane, that's not the only uh, the only team we've added, uh, is it? it? It is not. We we are we are not quite done uh, adding to the team here. If you want to announce our our next edition, our next edition is uh, a fine uh, British gentleman named Chris Hind. I hope I'm not butchering his name, but uh, he will be joining our team as our new social media manager. And Shane, I can't tell you that uh, that's something I think we we both will be glad not to have to uh, handle full time anymore. Yeah, we, we <laughs> look, we can watch the games, we can write, we can do the mock drafts and the rankings. And then when it comes to like tweeting and hitting all four social medias about things i'm too tired to to do it so i'm happy to have chris uh on board you know he's very willing um and a buddy of mine um nino brown's going to be helping out a little bit too uh initially and help chris and they're both you know chris gonna do a good job and start interacting with people and actually like sending articles out at various times when they're relevant and um getting some good graphics and like making the draft countdown social media scene 
much bigger and better than it that it had was last year with us us two trying to swap around over there and like i said i think it's going to help a lot more in getting getting all the uh new content from uh miranda and brad out there getting our normal content that we have out there and just enhancing enhancing the brand so to speak i think it's it's going to be great uh having chris on board for that but let's jump back into week one shane uh try to get through these other ones uh friday night 6 p.m espnu uh maybe not the best choice of games for me but old dominion and virginia or virginia tech is that old dominion uh remember they upset a couple of years ago uh Old Dominion uh, beating them, uh, but Zach Coots uh, is a Penn State transfer, right? Uh, if I've recalled, if I've got that correct, uh, Old yep. Dominion uh, tight end, uh, good prospect there. He was uh, on the freak list, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Virginia Tech uh, is Dax Holyfield. He's been there like seems like he's been there longer than five years, but uh, their their quarterback Grant Wells, uh, Marshall transfer, uh, won their quarterbacking job over South Carolina transfer Jason Brown. Uh, He's, he's a decent prospect. I remember him at Marshall last year, de- decent passer. So anxious to see him uh, for the Hokies there. Anybody else in this game? Not – no one else really catches my eye. Um, maybe Tobias Harris, the corner for Old Dominion, uh, is interesting. I, you know, I watched a, a game or two on him. And um, Dorian Strong, the corner for Virginia Tech, was a good – Recruiting prospect, I thought he played okay last year. We'll see if he takes a step forward. I feel like Virginia Tech always has a player or two that kind of rise up almost out of nowhere and, and play pretty well. Um, so, yeah, I think this is going to be – I'm interested to hear your take on this game because I feel like you're going to find a gem or two in this. Um, game you're watching 9 p.m. Friday night on ESPN is TCU at Colorado. Um not so much Colorado here. I don't know if they have any of the standout prospects, but there's one TCU player in particular has got some buzz, and that's wide receiver Quentin Johnson. Yeah, like Quentin Johnson, I have I have loved since he was in high school. <laughs> I remember watching his highlight film in high school, and I'm like, this guy's going to be an NFL receiver. Um, and, I mean, he's 6'4", he's bulked up. He's almost, you know, almost 200 pounds, reportedly runs a 4-4. Like, he is big, fast, and TCU is not a good offense. Uh, Zach Evans, are running back left. Uh, they have a couple guys there. Kendra Miller I like. Uh, but Quinn Johnson's going to be getting screens. He's going to be doing a lot on this offense, uh, especially because they reportedly are going to have a three-person quarterback rotation, which is odd. So I'm excited to see that. But uh, Johnston, potential first-round pick, and I – you know, maybe it's early to say this, but I think he actually has a shot to be the number one receiver drafted in this draft. Um, you know, we have some great prospects, but I, I think Johnston is going to have the height, weight, speed. If he can show it on the field this year, the uh, sky's the limit. Did I read correctly that App State is now the favorite in this game? Uh, it's waffled. Yeah, it's it's a it's been a half point difference. I saw it as a pick on Monday. Yeah, and so. now I think App State's a one point favorite. North Carolina at App State, eleven a.m. ESP News. Shane, you're going to be watching this one, and you watched North Carolina last week, so you're going to get this time they'll be going against, I think, a better team and one of the favorites in the Sun Belt. Um, so we won't focus as much on North Carolina as we talked about them a little bit last week, but App State's got some players and. Uh, they're running back Cameron Peoples. Uh, senior ball is pretty high on him, as well as uh, their corner. Is it 
their two corners, uh, Stephen Jones and uh, Dexter Lawson, I think getting getting some buzz there. So those are good matchups, I guess, for especially with Josh Downs. Yeah, those are good matchups. That we'll see if Josh Downs plays. He got he hurt his knee in the Florida A and M game, and their number one corner Tony Grimes got hurt early in the game with an upper body injury. So I think that's moved the line a little bit. They might be missing probably their two best players, uh, you know, uh, on both sides of the ball. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I hope Josh Downs does play because I think the corner matchups will be good. Um, I, I know, I think you and I have talked a little bit about Nate Noel, the other running back at App State, who I think might even win that job. He showed some versatility. And uh, watch out for Nick Hampton, the linebacker for App State. He is a really good wrap-up tackler, instinctual. Um, I'm a really big fan. I, I think he could be a potential senior bowl guy uh, when we get to January. 11 a.m. Fox Sports 1. I jumped on this game when you didn't because you, you had the week one picks first. And I when you passed, I was like, I got to get these South Dakota State guys that Shane's been talking about, man. <laughs> had to yeah. see it. And uh, that's especially true for uh, running back Isaiah Davis. Uh, you're telling me that he could be Pierre Strongish. So I got to see it for myself as well as they've got a pair of, I'm assuming, brothers Jaden and Jackson Yonke, Janky, uh, as well. And they got a pair of tight ends that could be, you know, draftable prospects in Tucker Craft and Zach Hines. So, uh, and Garrett Greenfield's another, their offensive tackle. And so whenever I see these teams, they play, you know, the, I guess the, the big FBS teams, I got to see it. And there's some good players for Iowa. I'm a huge fan of Sam Laporta, their tight end. Uh, so, yeah, this is a game I, I, I circled and had to see. Yeah, and look, yeah, I, I'll, I'll secretly I'm going to find a way to watch this at some point during the week. Uh, I, I'm taping it because, yeah, I'm excited for South Dakota State. I do like Isaiah Davis a lot. I doubt he's going to be in this draft class. He's only, um, you know, he's only a three-year player, but I, I think he'll probably go back for another year. Uh, but I think Tucker Craft will be in this draft, the tight end. I think he could be a day-two pick. Uh, which is rare for South Dakota State. And, yeah, some good Iowa prospects. You mentioned Sam Laporte. I think it's good. I like Jack Campbell. Their linebacker uh, is really good. Those Iowa linebackers are just tough. Um, so I think he's he's another one. It's going to be a good game. I, I, I'm i excited. I'm going to – I'm more excited for your article than mine, I think. I'll tell you what, Shane. Uh, I mentioned this before, but a great way to watch, because I'm just especially assuming this. Uh, Big Ten Network replays all these games on Sunday – and and they basically cut the game down snap to snap. It's called Big Ten and sixty, and those are great things to set the DVR up to record because it, the work's done for you, essentially. And, yeah. and you get oh, play man. to play. It's awesome, and I take advantage of that uh, every year uh, to get caught up on Big Ten games. And I wish like SEC Network uh, would would uh, get on that and uh, do something similar uh, with, with their channel and, and ACC Network as well. Uh, another game for you, 2.30 ESPN on Saturday, Cincinnati and Arkansas. And this is a sneaky good game, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess the question is Cincinnati's losing Ritter and losing a lot of – I mean, they had, what, a six or seven or was it nine players, whatever, drafted last year. So they're obviously not – probably not going to be a playoff team this year, but there's still talent on their team, uh, especially at the tight end position. Uh with Josh Wiley and uh, Leonard Taylor. Uh, but Arkansas, um, dark horse SEC uh, team this year, uh, the the folk are saying, 
uh, in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, and hard not to see why. Where There's a lot of players uh, on our watch list from Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. Both these teams have some legitimate prospects. Um, Jalen Catalan, we talked about last year, the safety from Arkansas decided to go back to school. Maybe could have been a day two pick. Uh, big, strong, fast. I like bumper pull their linebacker. And my, my quarterback article coming out, I was like, do I include KJ Jefferson, the Arkansas quarterback? Like he was kind of the last guy on the list. And I, I put him on there. Like if he really, if has a great year, you know, Arkansas wins the SEC or something. Um, his athleticism is really, really off the charts. I, th- I think it's going to be a tough game for Cincinnati. Uh, we'll see how Ben Bryant, their new quarterback, does. Uh, they have a lot of receivers. I like Nick Martiner, the transfer from Hawaii. Um, but it, yeah, this, this is going to be a good game. Two two ranked teams, week one. I love it. In my uh, intriguing SEC players article, I mentioned for Arkansas, my player for Arkansas was uh, Trey Knox. He's bulked up, added about 20 pounds. Uh, he's now a tight – they're listing him as a tight end. Uh, I presume he'll be like a more of a move tight end. I'm not expecting him to be out here blocking in line. But uh, intriguing to watch uh, to see what – see how he – see if uh, you can see how he plays uh, for Arkansas in this game. Uh, 2.30 p.m. on ABC, and this may be probably the most – the one of the most loaded games this week as far as talent goes. Uh, you may have the other one. But Oregon and Georgia, they're going to play in Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta. And you expect Georgia to be loaded with talent. And they are, as they are a national title contender. Uh, Kaylee Ringo, their corner. They've got three tight ends that all could be drafted if they came out. I still don't get the infatuation with Stetson Bennett at quarterback. (laughs) But, you know, whatever. Uh, Oregon, uh, I, I raved about their center last year, Alex Forsyth. Uh, anxious to see him back out there. Uh, Bone Hicks, I don't know, man. I just he was not good at Auburn, not good. Uh, matter of fact, he only played probably one good game in his college career that was against Oregon. Now he's their quarterback. Uh, Noah Sewell, their linebacker, though, stud and uh, could be a potential uh, top 20 pick in next year's draft. Um, your thoughts on this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess this will be a good game. We'll see how Oregon kind of transitions there. I mean, Georgia, we could just, like, list names for days. I'm interested to see the Georgia running backs. Uh, you know, we, we had two get drafted last year. Um, Kenny McIntosh, I'm a pretty big fan of. I think he gets his shot, but Kendall Milton's been uh, around and is a third-year player. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I think that could be really intriguing. And then uh, – you mentioned Nolan Smith. He better ball out. We put him on the front page of the site. We put him on the logo this year, so he better have a good year. Jalen Carter also really, really good as an interior defensive lineman. Yeah, like I said, we could talk. We could have literally talked another yeah, 20 Georgia minutes about Georgia players. Uh, ESPNU, 3 p.m., BYU at South Florida. Um, Jerry Bohannon. The Baylor transfer wins the starting job for South Florida. I don't think it's going to matter in this game. I don't think they're very good. Uh, BYU has talent and a lot of it. And uh, give me your take because these numbers were great uh, at BYU. But give me your take on their quarterback, Jaron Hall, fifth-year player. Is he going to be in your quarterback article there, Shane? Yeah, he, he, he was absolutely in it. I struggled a little bit with what tier to put him in, but I think 
you know, he, he hasn't quite shown what Zach Wilson showed, but I think that arm arm strength is there. And within that system, he is good. So I, I think Jaron Hall could be that surprise guy this year. Um, and I, I, you know, I really like uh, Puka Nasua, the, the transfer receiver that they got. BYU is going to be a sneaky good team this, this season. And I think Jaron Hall is going to be a big reason why. So I'm, I'm in. I'm curious to see if the workload improves for Lopini Katoa this year. Uh, no, Christopher probably, Brooks is the guy I think of BYU. I, I'm I think. trying, man. I'm trying. Yeah, I love yeah. I loved Katoa as a player like four years ago, and it just it hasn't it hasn't clicked, but he's still there. Uh, Blake Freeland, their offensive tackle, I think has a sneaky chance to. Uh, and we we talked about this. Um, on the discord this week that this offensive tackle class, it, it, it could use a boost. And mm-hmm. I think Blake Freeland could be one of those guys that could give it a boost and BYU also congratulations as you have the only player on our watch list uh, with an eighth year player as, uh, as you would their, expect from BYU as their fullback uh, Houston Haimuli uh, graduated in the high school class of 2015. Wow. Yeah, well, I guess we expect BYU. So if there's some some school's going to do it, it's going to be them. It's going to be BYU. (laughs) Uh, Another sneaky good game this week, Shane. ESPN, 6 p.m., Utah at Florida. And you, more than I think most, hype up Anthony Richardson a lot. And (laughs) basically you called him Cam Newton-esque. I, look, look, he, he is like, he, he could be, we just haven't seen him play. <laughs> so that's the problem. I mean, height, weight, speed, like he is what came to like, he can run a four or five at 240 pounds. Uh, it's, it's intriguing. He could run all over, you know, and this is a really good matchup. Like Utah's a tough team. They have a tough defense. Um, in, in a year I could be saying, wow, man, Anthony Richmond really stunk. Like, my fault, or we could be talking about a top five pick in the NFL draft. Like I think the sky is the limit, and I think a bottom can be endless. So um, he's he's that big boomer bust prospect this year, quarterback to me. Florida has some other intriguing names. I'm a big fan of Britton Cox Jr., uh, their edge rusher. Um, I play. I, I'm anxious to watch Florida play because I haven't watched him. Javon Dexter, their defensive lineman, a lot of hype uh, about him. And uh, transfer from, as I would have expected, a lot of uh, a few Louisiana players transfer in with Billy Napier. I'm a huge fan of Osiris uh, Torrent. Saw him play in person twice uh, over the last couple seasons. The uh, guard, I, I think he's a stud. And uh, Utah, I mean, they've got some players, including a Florida transfer at linebacker, Muhammad Diabate, I think is a very good player. And uh, their running back, Tavian Thomas. Uh, pretty good player as well, and they've got a couple of tight ends that I think have a chance uh, at being at getting draftable grades. Yeah, and I like Clark Phillips the third, their corner, uh, maybe an outside shot at the first round uh, as well. He he had a good game, um, couple couple good games last year. So yeah, good good matchup here. Yeah, frequent uh, question asker on the podcast, uh, Dwayne. It's also a, he's a fan of Cam Rising, the quarterback of Utah. Thinks he's a stud. We'll also, see. we'll also be on my in my article. So there you go. Uh, I'm sure there will be no texting going back and forth on Saturday night in our uh, <laughs> draft countdown uh, group text uh, between you and draft countdown founder Scott Wright. 
as Notre Dame comes to the horseshoe at Ohio State, 6.30 p.m. on ABC. This is the game of the week, Shane. And uh, when we were picking games, I just gave this one to you. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I, I knew you I, You were going to take it anyway. So I was like, I'll just take uh, Oregon and Georgia, and I'll, I'll let Shane have this one. Then I'll let Shane fight, uh, have the rest. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's studs in this game. Isaiah Foskey, the edge rusher Notre Dame, probably their most talented player outside of Michael Meyer, Mayer, the tight end that I know Dwayne also asked a lot about last year uh, and a potential top 20 pick uh, for the Irish. But C.J. Stroud, man, could be the number one pick. And uh, this is his first big showcase here in, in 2022. Uh, he, he definitely has – the, you know, the size and the ability that we saw after he was healthy last year. Uh, we'll see Jackson Smith, the Jigba, the top receiver for Ohio State. Um, definitely in play for that number one receiver in this class as, as a slot guy. And he's going to be the guy with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave gone. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's a ton of prospects on both sides of the ball. With Jared Patterson, I, I think it's a guy we both liked it a bit last year. Um, now is in maybe a weaker center class, has a chance to kind of rise up at center for Notre Dame. And uh, one, one, two intriguing plays for Ohio State, the offensive tackles. Paris Johnson Jr. moving from guard to left tackle and Dewan Jones kind of getting his shot at right tackle. Uh, both those guys could play their way into, like we said, a weak tackle class being some of the top players um, in that group. Ohio State also has a couple handful of guys who aren't draft eligible in this, and I'm sure we'll have uh, a say in what goes on Saturday night. Uh I'm maybe here for, I'm here for Marvin Harrison Jr., baby. I'm I was about to say, uh, Shane, do, uh, Travion Henderson. Let's you have a 2024 mock coming on Monday, right? I do, and there's uh, going to be a couple high state players. I, I, I assume uh, those two guys will uh, be highly drafted uh, on uh, that list. 9.30 p.m. on ESPN uh, Saturday night, Boise State at Oregon State. Uh I think for Boise State, the question, the the talk starts and stops with their safety, uh, JL Skinner, who is uh, getting a ton of buzz heading into this game. And, and safety is always like I don't know about you, but for me, one of the hardest things to scout. So definitely going to have to uh, hunker down on that. And Oregon State, a uh, couple of good players here. One name that uh, was on the Shrine One Thousand that I added to our list uh, that stuck out to me was Deshaun Fenwick. Uh, I thought he was a good running back at South Carolina, uh, but the numbers game caught up to him. Oregon State goes out there. He has a chance to uh, potentially play a little bit. And uh, their corner, big guy, Rez John Wright, I think is also another guy uh, to, to keep an eye on. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think this will be a pretty solid uh, game. I you know I think these two teams are actually more evenly matched than than it might seem. But I'm with you. I, I love JL Skinner and probably a little too much. I'm probably you know like I said, safety's tough. But I so I, I'm kind of a sucker for those type of height, weight, speed, um, speed guys. And Oregon State tight end Luke Musgrave intrigues me. He was he was on the freak list and isn't used a ton in the passing game. Might be Daniel Bellinger esque. You know, maybe he's better than he looks. Uh, could be the case. Uh, Sunday, uh, 2 p.m. on ESPN2. I'll be watching Florida A&M and Jackson State. The reason I picked this game is now probably not going to play. As the same reason you picked them, their game last week against North Carolina. We wanted to see Isaiah Land. We're not going to get to see Isaiah Land uh, in this one. 
Jackson State, though, has a lot of transfer players uh, here as well as some other players that I'm not super familiar with, but uh, we'll get a look at on Sunday. Yeah, I, I actually want to get a good report from you and see, you know, kind of who's getting playing time and who looks good. Because I think Jackson State has some defenders or linebacker duo, uh, Aubrey Miller and Antonio Doyle. Um, are, are pretty good, solid players. Miller, the elderly of the two. Um, so th- I think you're going to see some players from this game drafted uh, late or be p- free agent pickups. Um, and I wrote in my article about Xavier Smith, the receiver from Florida and A&M, that kind of torched North Carolina pretty good. So maybe he'll get some play as well. Uh, wrapping up our week one coverage will be you on Sunday, Florida State and LSU from the uh, Caesar Superdome in New Orleans. 6.30 p.m. on ABC, Florida State and LSU. Uh, I really want to see Florida State be better. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I guess this is this will tell the tale. They beat the crap out of Duquesne on last Saturday, but they should. So, I well, guess well, one, of, one of my former students uh, played for Duquesne, got to tackle Treshawn Ward. Well, how about so, that? That was nice to see, but yeah, <laughs> he was getting run over there a couple times. So, um, just anxious to see some of these Florida State players that we watched a year ago. Uh, like Fabian Lovett is a guy I was high on. Uh, Jamie Robinson, their uh, nickel uh, slash safety, uh, former South Carolina player, and LSU. I know they're going to be talented. I know they're going to have talented players. Uh, is Brian Kelly going to get? their talent back to where it needs to be. We'll see. Uh, have they announced who the starting quarterback is going to be yet? I have not seen it. So uh, by the time we're recording this, I don't think so. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I kind of, you know, I was hoping for Jane Daniels, but it, it looks like maybe it, it could be even, you know, both of them. But the, the rumor is Jane Daniels is going to start the game. They both might play. But Garrett Nussmeyer will also play. I know Miles Brennan just retired. Yeah. Uh, probably probably for the best. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I think the best player in this game is Kayshawn Butte, the wide receiver from LSU. Um, so, yeah. any Anybody else on LSU stand out? I, I like Jaquelin Roy, the defensive lineman. Um, he's had it really two good years. Uh, with them and is going to be kind of the leader of that defense. So he's he's probably the guy that um, stands out the most on the defense. B.J. Ojolari, uh younger brother of Aziz Ojolari, plays for the Giants, good pass rusher, uh, even Ali Gay on the other side. And then um, a former Ohio State corner that used to be first-round hype, Seven Banks, now playing for LSU. We'll see if he can bring back his draft stock here. Uh a lot of transfers here for Noah Kane, the running back, uh, Penn State. He'll split time. I, if John Emery is back, I yeah, not eligible for this game. So. Not eligible uh, for this game. So there yeah. you go. Micah Baskerville, their linebacker. No, really, it's good. Really good. Yeah. All right, so that wraps up week one. Uh, so now we got to make some picks, Shane. You are zero and one. As you see that, because you decided to go with Nebraska. Scott Frost let me down. Look, I hate week zero. I I spited that we had to pick week zero. So So how are you going to get back to even here, Shane? Uh, Look, I'm I'm taking – I made the mistake of taking a favorite. And last year, I I took mostly the underdogs. It helped. So I'm I'm taking a MAC team 
playing a Pac-12 team. I'm going to take Kent State plus 23 and a half against Washington. A, never trust Washington. I feel like Washington always kind of lets, lets, lets people down. I don't think their team's as good as the defense was last year. Uh, and I like Kent State's offense. I think Colin Schley's interesting. I think they have a good running game. They have a couple receivers. Like, they're going to move the football. I think they're going to score enough points to be within three scores. So good deal there. Uh, these odds, by the way, courtesy of FanDuel, uh, go to FanDuel.com and you can get those odds that we are going with today. Shane, I'm going Homer. Oh, wow. Wow. Straight Homer pick here. I, uh, I have faith that the university of South Carolina and their new transfer offense here with Spencer Rattler, and all the receivers, I am ecstatic here. I actually bet this in July. Uh, I, I got bored and did a five-game parlay uh, in July, <laughs> in July <laughs> for week one, and I got it at 13 and a half. Was confident in it then. Now I can get it for 12 and a half at FanDuel. Give me South Carolina minus 12 and a half. Against, I think, a decent Georgia State team, but I think South Carolina's going to come out gunning here. I think they're going to score a lot of points. That's funny. I, I consider taking Georgia State <laughs> plus, 12, plus the 12 and a half. Not that I think South Carolina will be bad, because I don't, but I think Georgia State, Georgia State just grinds that clock down, you know, so, but uh, no, it's probably not a bad pick. That South Carolina offense. It's an interesting matchup because uh, Georgia State coach was the interim coach at South Carolina after Steve Spurrier abandoned ship. Oh, so, uh, so some an interesting dynamic. There. We have a couple of those this week: Minnesota, New Mexico State. Yeah, Gary Kill going back. Like it, there's there's some bad blood coaching. New Mexico State's bad. I, yeah. I told you that last week. I, <laughs> Minnesota might win seventy to nothing. They might like just take New Mexico State's a bad football team. Yeah. Uh, we like I said, we we didn't get any questions in the chat. Uh, we I don't believe we got any questions on Twitter. But we did get a handful of questions in Discord, so we'll go to those now, uh, including we got one like right after the last podcast. But uh, we'll carry it over. Uh, Shane can or guys, can you talk about any group of five players you like in the twenty twenty three NFL draft that could have fantasy value? Group of five fantasy value. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I talked about Lou Nichols from Central Michigan. Um, I, I like him. Rasheen Ali from Marshall right now isn't going to play for a little while due to some uh, personal issue, but it looks like he'll be back at some point. The running back from Marshall, uh, super you know, electric, fast player. Uh, so, you know, I think we have that. Um, quarterback wise is tough. Grayson McCall, the quarterback for Coastal Carolina, I think has a shot maybe to be a third, fourth round pick. Um, could be kind of intriguing. And then, you know, wide receiver, there's not like a ton of gang of five guys, group of five guys that um, that I love. Um, Nathaniel Dell from Houston, potentially uh, Jalen Cropper from Fresno State. But like we're talking late round picks there, um, ultimately. So, yeah, I, I, Zach Koontz we talked about from Old Dominion, maybe tight end wise. Maybe, but. maybe Sam Pinckney for Coastal, the transfer from Georgia State. Yeah, I, you know, could have a big year. We'll see how he does, but I've, I've heard good things too. So, um, Darren Johnson asked, and sorry, that last question came from uh, Sal. So, um, Darren Johnson asked, which top prospect 
uh, has the biggest chance of falling down draft boards? Yeah, look, because there's going to be a couple, right? There's going to be a couple guys that we have that, you know, I mean, where to not to bash on your Gamecocks there, but that, you know, Spencer Rattler, like, where do we have him last year? One or two. Um, And I mentioned in my quarterback article, you know, we haven't had a, the two quarterbacks that entered the season as the top two be the top two draft in about 20 years. Uh, It's been a long time. So, Honestly, Bryce Young's probably that guy. Like, I think he's great. I think Bryce Young's phenomenal. Like, he should be a top five pick right now. He probably will be. He's playing for Alabama, so that helps insulate. I think Ohio State Alabama helps insulate the quarterbacks. But he's small. You know, he hasn't run a ton so far, except the the, the SEC championship game against Georgia a bit. So, I'm, you know, I, I'm a little bit worried. If I had to pick one player that I'd say, hey, this is probably the most likely scenario, I mean, he's probably it. Because I think we don't have a ton of guys that we feel, you know, Jalen Carter, I think is going to be good. Um, so I think it's, it's tough for those like high end guys. Bryce Young's probably the best choice to fall down. Yeah. I, I that's who I would have said as well. Bryce Young, I think uh, last question from Dwayne here, uh, long shot, but are any Southern Miss games on the schedule this year? Dwayne, a Southern Miss alumni uh, next week. We will talk about Southern Miss next week. I promise. Yeah. yeah. As they are, going to go get destroyed by Miami, but we will talk about it <laughs> next week on the podcast. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Shane, we've gone long and I knew we would, and we, we both <laughs> anticipated this was going to happen tonight. Uh, but uh, any final thoughts about, you know, anything we've talked about tonight or anything coming forward? No, I, I'm excited to have week one back some big games and, you know, thanks for listening and following draft countdown and, um, you know, I'm excited for everyone to meet the new team. So thanks to Miranda and Brad for coming on the show and for uh, for joining with us. Absolutely. And uh, as we mentioned, uh, Brad's first column will go tomorrow. It'll be about Jake Hayner, uh, the quarterback from Fresno State, who could have been drafted last year, uh, opted to go back to school. I think he would have been a senior bowl quarterback had he uh, entered the draft. Uh, Miranda's going to go with her NFL predictions. Uh, so you're going to see that on Sunday. Um, Friday is your quarterback article, I believe, is coming out. Yep. And Saturday, I will uh, be talking about some small school players that I watched more in depth this past week from the uh, Jacksonville State uh, Stephen F. Austin game. So look forward to that on Saturday. Uh, that's going to be as we go forward this season. I, we, we talked about it in the offseason. I'm going to kind of rotate it, you know, depending on what games are available to me the week before. I'm either going to talk about Sunbelt games or because, like I said, I feel like I need to talk about the Sunbelt as it's regionally exclusive for me. And, but when those games suck, yeah. <laughs> I can get a small school game in there. We'll talk about that. So, uh, yeah, a lot to look forward to, man. Uh, new mock draft coming for you on Monday, as we, we mentioned earlier. It's, uh, it's going to be a wild ride, man. And, uh, I'm, I'm so pumped up to, just get wall-to-wall football on my television this weekend. Uh, it's going to be fun. But uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, subscribe, like the videos, uh, hit the notification bell so you get notified when we go live every week, uh, usually on Wednesdays. Um, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast, leave us a five-star review. Share those out. Let everybody know where you heard us and why you like us so much. 
Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. You can follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Hallam. You can follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. You can follow our new guy, Brad, at Roto Heat Brad. Uh, Miranda, probably the smartest one of us all, doesn't have a Twitter <laughs> account. Very true. And uh, go to draftcountdown.com for uh, everything you need. Uh, NFL draft wise, it's the place to be. For Shane, I'm Brian. Good night, everybody.